What up, what up? Welcome to the Keep It Going podcast. My guy Doc is a real dude sitting with real people having real conversations. Now make sure you subscribe so that you can get notifications every Tuesday. Now let's chop it up. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of, of Keep It Going. I am lit this morning, guys. We are talking about something this morning, guys, that I think is, is so relevant, especially in today's culture. I have some very special guests uh, to talk about this topic. I have um, uh, Lisa Pamphlin. Uh, she used to work for the DA's office now in, in private practice. You may saw her on, may have seen her on the posters running for judge um, last year. And so, Lisa, so good to have you on the show for the first time. This is Egon uh, Seto. He used to be known as Kashmir back in the day before he, before he met Jesus. And so he's going to tell us some little stories about that, about how he came to know the Lord and kind of his lifestyle because there was a time where, where he was in prison and made some tough um, decisions that, um, that he was able to live to tell about. And to my immediate right, I got the man who is all over everywhere. This is Charleston White. Um, and, you know, I've heard him described as the where genius and insanity meet. There wow. you find Charleston White. Wow. <laughs> have you heard that before? Wow. Where genius and insanity meet, there you find Charleston White. So, man, I'm so glad to have y'all here, man. Thank y'all. And we have a very special guest who's going to call in uh, to our show. Cannot wait to talk to his brother, Kevin. What, that's Kevin, the older brother yeah, or younger he's brother? Like he's older. To talk to his big brother. And, guys, I'm, I cannot wait um, to hear it. I had no idea what his background was, but the brother did 31 years in prison yeah. and uh, came out. Uh, he was at church uh, last Sunday, gave his life. And so I just can't wait to hear more about him because you, you never know who walked. You never know the person's story. Yeah. They walked it out. And here at Corning Inn, I tell people all the time, we got some of everything. Am I right about it? We have some of yeah. everything that come to our house. So I want to get this thing started, man. Let's just jump right into it. This is one that I don't even need a script for. Um, let's start with this because street dude, street life, outside, it has become very much glorified, right? Yeah. And I don't think people understand what they're truly, truly choosing. I want to talk about this. The street dude and God, like where do they meet? Do, do, the, do the average guy on the street right now, the average young should grow up in the street in that lifestyle, do they have a God knowledge or a God conscience? I have a theory there. But, but when you hear about that, Charles, you, you said something very uh, interesting as far as like you didn't, the only Bible you read was your mother's actions. Yes. And so you didn't come to know the Lord until you kind of watch your mother live. Yeah, I, I Say would, more. I, I would reject the words that she would say. Yeah, mama, that's what you believe. Yeah, mama, that's what you're saying. Children are, are, are bent on set on proving their parents wrong, especially as adolescents, mm -hmm. because you think they don't know. Right. You think they don't understand your world. So the things that they say to you, you reject them as a kid, as a teen, as a young adult, only to grow up and start to realize, well, your mom was right, your dad was mm. right. So when mom is telling you about God, uh, the culture is telling me about pimps, right? So the culture is propagating and promoting and glorifying a pimp. Well, when I cut the TV off, I got a pimp uncle. Mm. The culture is mm. glorifying uh, woman beaters, right? So you think about the black exploitation era, mm. the 70s, right? Okay. Pimping, Superfly, the Mac. So before we had gangsters, <laughs> we had pimps. That's you. That's My uncle. <laughs> that, that, you, that, that was you because you, you were very much involved in like the whole pimp culture because you were a pimp. 
what led you to that? What, what, did you have an uncle pass game on to you, or did you just kind of no. saw an opportunity, or did a or female chose you to be a pimp yeah, first, yeah, right? I got, I got, I got turned out. Hmm. I got turned out. Hmm. I was 14 half years old, um, and um, I met a woman, Avis McCoy, who I was living in a car that I had bought. Mm -hmm. And she, she just came up, she said, started talking and said, where do you live? I said, I live in my car. She said, not no more. And so um, she took all my clothes, put it in an apartment. I was 14 and a half. She was 26. And so um, she said, take me to the truck stop tonight. <laughs> and so I took her to the truck stop. And she said, pick me up at 8 o'clock. When I picked up, she had like 800-something dollars, so much cocaine. We shot about $200 worth of cocaine. At 14? Yeah. <clears throat> I started shooting dope at 13. Yeah. Wow. And so um, she was the one that got all the women. She went to the penitentiary. So all the women that was going to live this lifestyle with or without me was the one that trained me to be the ideal pimp that they would love to work for. Okay. So let's say, so you're a pimp, you're the lifestyle. You see uh, a Charleston. He's about 18, 19. Do you promote that lifestyle? My to uncle a did. I would ride with my uncle, my mama's oldest brother. I would ride in the car with him and his prostitutes. He would tell me how she was doing him. He was doing me like that. Yeah, nephew, you don't have no business effing with a woman if you ain't got nothing for her to do other than sleeping with her. Find something for her to do. <laughs> Wash clothes, make her sit. So I even repeat that as a grown person. Wow. So, my, so, so I got my uncle. I'm seeing this in real life. Then when I cut on the television, there go the movie The Mac. As a kid, I can recite that whole movie. The Mac messed up a lot of people. Man, man. I, when, when I grew up, I want people talking about me like they was talking about Jesus. That's what the Mac said in the movie, and that's always been my dream from a kid. Let me tell you what's funny. There was a dude in my neighborhood. His name was, um, you know what I'm saying, his name, Goldie. His, his nickname was Goldie. <clears throat> Goldie said that the dream job of a pimp is what? To be a pastor. Yeah. They look at pastors as the ultimate pimps. Well, they call that Mackin'. He macking from the pool pit. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he macking from the pool pit. Now you ain't pimping no more. You done elevated to macking. That's what the man was saying. And so that's why, if, so could that be the reason why a lot of street dudes don't respect preachers? That's exactly why. I, you, you know, it's different aspects. Wow. Because and the reason why yeah. I say that, that's I've real. known just what he said. But when I was doing that, that was different. I wanted mine to be a corporate business. I had a hotel that I had all the girls working at, and I would sit in my car, and the way that I would know that so, they were safe, I protected them. So before you go there, I want it because this ultra is gonna, this, this, the crossroad is gonna be, because we gotta choose an, an, a plan of attack of how we change people's mind, right? I wanna start with how we can use church, God, and Holy God, how those things can be used to be some type of introduction to a lifestyle change. It's, 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 real quick, so for what you're saying right now, though, what I'm saying is that if the culture, if these guys who we're trying to help, if the, how can the church help them if they don't respect the church? Well, because the church is not a fisherman of men. It's a, it's a pond of women. Hmm. The Bible says whoever's at the pulpit has to be a fisherman of, I'll make him a fisherman of men. Men okay. will flock to him, okay. right? Hmm. Women flock to the church. That's a pond. The church is supposed to go out and go get the lost souls. Okay. So the church don't attract men because it's a woman's world. So, so I, I, I would say my pushback would be certain churches because, because I can, like, like, like your brother, 
31 years, yeah. a man's man, yeah. he come to a church and joined that church. And I've never heard him talk about God. So I was shocked. I'm, I'm, I, I, I lash out, but that nigga play. But when I hear him, uh, he don't play. Right. Now, he don't play. You don't pay out 31 Man, years. Man, listen, don't, most people go to prison and play with God. He never played with God in 31 years. Mm. So I feel like, man, they ain't going to never get out. Because I gonna, never heard him mention God. Let's call him. Can so we call for him, him to get out and join <laughs> church, yeah, it blew my mind. Wow. Yeah, it blew my mind. And, and Lisa, so you're here from the, when you get him on the line, let, let me know. We, got, we, got, we have a, a guest of honor, Kevin White, uh, getting called in. So Lisa, when you're hearing, because these, this is the culture that many young men, they were in when they, when they came to court and they was about to be sentenced to prison. And it wasn't just a choice they made in the moment. It was a lifestyle they was cultivated to make. It's, and it's almost like it's not really even fair. If I've been cultivated my entire life to do this, if, if your abnormal is my norm, then you got to first start with my mind before you send me to prison. If you send me to prison, I may get better at what you send me to prison for. So how do you guys take that into consideration? Or not you guys. The DA's office take that into consideration, kind of the, 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 the culture and the mentality and the psychology behind the criminal mind before sentencing one? Yes and no. Uh -huh. I mean, I've seen it from, you know, all perspectives. You know, as a former police officer, as a assistant district officer. attorney, yeah. um, and now in private practice, the majority of my clients don't even think or talk about God until it's, until they yeah until they about to go to prison, their mama right. and their yeah. grandmother right. they praying. talking about God they praying right but <laughs> the defendants that I represent that's the furthest thing hey least least hold on one second um Kevin yes sir what's going on man yes sir okay, can y'all can y'all hear me man it's what good I'm good man listen first of all congratulations on um. On, on joining church and everything Sunday, I honestly had no idea of your testimony until your brother, your baby brother, sitting here to my right, he said, man, I didn't hear my brother talk about God in 31 years, so I was shocked when he joined church. What's up all the way? I told you you moved me, bro. Goodbye, you know, the whole time I was there, you know, mom, mom was there. You know, she carried me on, bro. She was praying for me. Telling about God got to the point where I told her, you know, excuse my friend, I told her straight up, fuck God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And, uh, wow. But she like, she said, okay, how you feel, that's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about no God. You got to think, I'm 17 years old. We're probably about 20 back dealing with a lot of sin, trying to figure out how to deal with the penitentiary. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So... I didn't want to deal with no God or nothing else dealing with no religion. I was thinking about trying to hurt a person and make it out to presentation. Kevin, hey man, it's Kevin. Kevin, help me out, bro. Yes, I have like a million and one question. And your brother's sitting here smiling, man, listening to you. Because again, he said before the show, he said that he never picked up a Bible. He said your mother, her lifestyle was the only Bible he ever read. And so he was introduced to who God really was by, by listening and watching your mama, not a pastor. Uh, not a scripture. And so my question to you, man, is what happened? What happened for have 31 years having been in prison since 17 years old? What would make you what happened that moment being here in this environment to say, you know what? I'm about to get this thing right well, today. Well, it happened. It happened off in prison. 
Okay. You know, 2000, 2017, April 2017, I got caught with a cell phone. And cell phones are prohibited off in prison. Mm-hmm. So I laid up, I got caught, I was off in, in solitary confinement. I said, man, you know, I'm going to deal with this for myself for so a whole year by myself. Wow. Would you- mom popped up, mama came down there on a Sunday. She came down on a Sunday and said, K-Y, you got a visit. I said, I ain't got no visit. I ain't told nobody to come see me. They said, uh, I said, Mama, who let me know when she's going to come see me? I said, man, you got a visit. I said, I know it ain't nobody but Mama. <laughs> so I went to walk around. I said, man, I got a visit. I said, man, you going tonight. You can't get back. You got to go down there and let them know you don't want to see me. So I go down there. Mama had tears in her eyes, bro. She said, I knew it's a cell phone. Hmm. And, uh, and Blue Sun said, Granny, how you doing that? She said, because she ain't violent no more. Wow. So, wow. so I said, <clears throat> I said, Mama, how you know? She said, nobody told me nothing. I just know it was a cell phone. So to make a long story short, I seen a look in my mama's eyes. They ain't never seen before in my life. I've been in trouble with joy in my life, bro. I ain't never seen that look right there. I can't describe it. I can't replay it. The only thing I know, I never want to see that look ever again wow. in my life. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So uh, the business was over with. I went back to the cell. I walked around, walked around. So that Monday, they take me to the uh, G5, I go to court and everything, they G5 and ran me over. So I go to G5, I try to tell you, I mean, G5 was closed custody, the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. So I get up in the cell. So instantly, dude, my cell is, he's like, man, yeah, I got the live dude. I mean, K-Bot, we were dude sitting on the phone in a quarter pound of K2. So I was like, man, I don't want this. So I said it back to him. I said, man, I don't want that. I said, so my cell like, man, what you, what you, what you send that back for, man? I said, man, get you in the K2. I ain't thinking about that. So I got up in the, in the bunk, in the top bunk. I just laid in the top. I looked at the ceiling. I said, God, if you real, show me you real. Wow. Because I got to do something different. I got to do something different. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And he didn't talk to me. He was like, nigga, I can't do Let me tell you this. Donald was tough for me. On Dr. Say, since 2017, my life been totally different. Oh, my goodness. Totally different. Since 2017. Oh, my goodness. I just don't believe in God since 2017. I actually told my son at one time. He asked, he said, say, can't wait. Who you believe in? God or your mama? I said, my mama. <laughs> he said, what? He said, what? I said, yeah, man, I believe my mama. She the living Bible. No God. I believe my mama. My mama is one of God. To me, every time she prayed, I let my mama. I said, my mama is going to be Easter suits. Okay. My mama introduced me to God. Mama introduced me to God. So what Bo told you about what God was. Mama is God. He's right. Wow. It's the only God we knew. 
as, as a kid, how else do you get to know? So, 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 so we we gonna we we gonna I'm a I got several things unpacked, man. With your with with your brother, we have a couple other guests here. Here's a big question for you: What would you tell the young man today who don't understand the reality of the penitentiary? Because some people are going to jail for free, and they don't understand the reality that time is real. You can't get time back. Penitentiary ain't no cakewalk. Mm-mm. That days are long and slow and boring and, and repetitive. What would you tell a young person? In like 30 seconds of here's why you need to change your life and choose Penn State over the state pen. What would you tell a young person, young man or lady for that matter, watch this podcast, listen to your voice. What would you tell them in 30 seconds or less why they need to make a a better decision because their future literally depends on it? First of all, I'm going to tell a man, yeah, life depends on decisions and choices. Mm Mm-hmm. And sacrifices. You know what I'm saying? There's three things that everybody you live off of, the people you got sitting inside you live off of, Donald Trump, President Obama, <laughs> no matter who you are, we all live life after making decision and choice to make a sacrifice every second, every minute of the day. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I made a decision and choice 31 years ago and still haunt me right now. Wow. I was number one. I didn't listen to my mama. I didn't listen to my mama. Right. I didn't listen to my mama. I thought I was too grown. Okay. I didn't live life beyond my means. I didn't enjoy it. I ain't never went to no prom. You know what I'm saying? I dropped out of high school. We need two credit shows. Oh, man. Everything in our power to make me get to school. So, I couldn't even go to school for one day of the week. So, 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 Kevin, so, so, number one, listen to your parents. What's number two? Number two, you got to be held accountable, man. You got to hold yourself accountable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I like that. You got to hold yourself accountable. I like that. You know what I'm saying? You got to look in the mirror and look at self because everything starts with self. Yeah, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your uncles, your aunts, everything, they're going to make suggestions. But it's up to you to make the final decision in life. You okay. You better look in the mirror and see what's in the mirror. You see life for what it is, not for what you want it to be. Because once you go to jail, you can't call mama. Mm. Mm. Ain't no mama coming get you out of no penitentiary. <laughs> Ain't no dad. So, so nobody coming get you out of penitentiary. So, so it's okay. It's Kevin. And third, if you can cater towards this, because just like um, like your brother was saying, and, and many say, a lot of times you know people see church as or pastors or preachers or ministry, they see that kind of as a joke. So what would you tell pastors, leaders of how to reach Kevin White's at at, uh, at, at 49 and Kevin White at 17? What do what can the church do better? Or is it just we got to get rid of the clowns out the pulpit? What needs to happen to attract more and save more young lives? In your personal opinion, in 10 seconds, what is it? Or, or, or just share what was it for you? The, preach, the preachers have to do like you do, Mr. Gorms, like Michael Todd and them do. You know what I'm saying? They got to understand crazy faith. You got to understand their crazy faith, man. You read the book. Is time. Mm-hmm. And not only did I read the book, but it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got uh-huh. to be able to relate, man. You can't tell these dudes, like, I was at Mother's Church, not Mother's Day, 
I was in court, so I had a woman talk. She talking about the baby, the music that they listen to, this, that, and the other. Say, man, they relate to these people that's rappers because they mama them listen to the same rap music that they listening to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They mama going to the same club. Club, right, right, watch. right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Madea effect is no longer there. When I was growing up, the Madea effect. That's I good. Assume, I assume that me and you got the same age. I didn't care if Mama listened to Luther Vandross, Frank and Beverly Mays, uh, Nita Baker. I could not go in the room. I could not go in the room. That was grown folks' music. Wow. You know what I'm wow. Yeah, we're, we're living the age of the 35 year old grandmother. And uh, exactly. and and I think is exactly. is I think we're seeing that effect on young people. So Kevin, listen. Um, since you are here, man, I we gotta. I want to talk. I want to make get you in a room, man, with some other um, youngsters, man, because I think you got a lot to tell. It sounds like you got a whole book inside of you that we need to talk about. But let me get back to these guests live. And brother, thank you so much for calling in and looking forward to seeing you at church, man. Appreciate you, bro. Say, man, you keep doing them dances, man. Watch out, watch out, man. Don't, man. <laughs> you, you don't keep, say, Pastor G, you keep doing your dance, you keep spinning them lyrics, them hip-hop lyrics that you spit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you'll keep rocking to you. Oh, you'll wow. Keep rocking to you. Because they love you. Wow. Because you know why? Because you understand they're crazy, faith. Mm. Man, you know, I just I, I just had someone post on my on my social media. They said, um, you 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 you're looking like a um look like an old clown trying to be a, dressed like a teenager. And this nigga had on a and, and this nigga had on a, a Steve Harvey suit from 75 uh, and tell me anyway that's that's uh, a, that's a different topic. Uh, Love you. Mr. <laughs> Boy, let me say this to you before I go. Oh, man. I've been out with Antoine Day, my brother. Mm. Right now, mm. You know how I came out dressed for the interview? How's that? I came out with a suit on. My brother looked at me and said, man, what is you doing, man? I you said, ain't going to get to you. For the interview. You got your own land. I got mine. Right. He said, nigga, he said, nigga, let me tell you something, bro. You just got out, man. The preachers don't even wear suits and ties no more. <laughs> don't nobody want to listen to no preacher, no suit and tie. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's what I did. He said, no, man, you got to get up and go change your clothes, man. Mm. No, man. He said, man, what young person want to sit down and listen to a nigga with a suit and towel? Are, 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 are you going to be here tomorrow? Yes, I'll be at church tomorrow. Sir. Which service, 9 or 11? Uh, I got to see what service my sister going to go to. Okay. I'm in the 9 o'clock service, sir. Okay. Holler at me, man, tomorrow after church. And, um... And uh, we gonna we gonna see when he's happening to uh, get your baby brother uh, up here too. <laughs> All right, man. Bless you, bro. Uh, Confucius. Confucius. Confucius said, "He who controls images controls <clears throat> minds. Mm. He that controls images controls minds. Uh, imagery is projected through rap music. That's why you got gangsterism. Uh, that's why you hear pimp. That's why you hear uh uh uh." The, the, the whore spirit, because those are images. True. So, so these images are being propagated and promoted to, to our children. So when they cut the television off, what other, what other images do they have to see to relate to? Okay. 
Mama gone to work, daddy gone, and they step outside. Who are they more likely to see? Not the preacher, not the teacher, not the lawyer. Mm -hmm. They go see the pimp, the gangsters, the thugs. Is it a parenting thing, though? Or is it back well, to parenting? It's a cultural thing. It's mm -hmm. a race thing. Okay. Ooh. It's not a parent thing. It's a race thing mm -hmm. because it takes a village. It, it takes more than the parents. It, well, parents it, it, are trying. Parents today try to be friends with their kids. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. You cannot do that. Sorry. I mm -hmm. mean, there, there is like no. These little guys, they run a damn house, and they run everything. Mama think it's all cute. Yeah. No. They think yeah, it's all that's, cute. That, that, that's, so, so I think I think whereas it takes a village, a community. But when you coming up in a village in a community that's not conducive to raising kids, now it's back to mom and dad again. Well, I, you gotta have I was a raising my somewhere. son to be a pimp, but, though. But, but, you, you was? I was. Mm -hmm. I, I, I had my daughter, I had my, my wife, which was my children's mother, stripping while she was five months pregnant with my daughter. Mm. Wow. My children was my son was born picking up for school with prostitutes in the car with him. He was stepping over prostitutes going to school. I was raising him to, to see this. But I'm in mm. my 20s. Yeah. When my life changed yeah. in 30s, mm -hmm. I'm not, but I don't already expose these kids. So I think what parents forget uh, is from zero to five, our kids see a whole bunch wiring. of things. Yeah, yeah. They see, but, a, they, they see a whole bunch of things that we forget that they seen because we was all so young too when we had them. Uh, so now we're trying to live different. So mama saying, God, we saying, well, mama, we wasn't learning about God from, mama didn't go to God till I was about 12. From zero to 12, mama didn't want talking God. Okay. Uh, Okay, so so you need a season to watch mom and see mom. Now, is this for real what you're talking about? Well, I never seen a man come out of I always seen <clears> a good woman, but we never knew God. She was always a good woman. I just, gotcha. We just never knew God. Uh, That's an intriguing concept. But, but you, you know, you yeah, know go ahead, go ahead. I hear what he's saying, but there's something that a lot of people don't know. What's that? I've been on the streets when I was pimping, then I started dealing drugs here and had 20 drug houses, and I was part of an organization, organized crime. And I used to see these young brothers with their guns on the street talking that smack, watching them pistol whip people and stuff. And then when I would go to jail, I would see them come into jail in the prison system, and they were so timid. Mm. Oh, they wasn't gangster no more. Out there, they'd be ready to go up on. But when you're in yeah. there, they'd they be so timid. And you know what? And I tell them, and I tell them just <laughs> like this. I I'm going to talk just to K. Like White this. about that. Black I said, boys I said, on. I said, one thing that's going to happen to you, son, is when you go to the penitentiary, you're gonna have Kool-Aid on your lips, on your cheeks, you're gonna have a T-shirt tied in a knot because you're gonna be somebody's woman because you can't do nothing for yourself. So that's why they all went to the gang and went gang gang, right? Uh -huh. So it, it's yeah, yeah. like, see, yeah, see, yeah. Black, see, people get it misconstrued. Black boys aren't gangster. They ain't playing gangster, they just hurt. The hurt doesn't develop into anger because hurt people hurt people. Right. So because you don't understand the hurt. So as a kid, I remember my brother. Mm. My brother was 10 years old, man. Maybe 11. We've never been abused. We don't know what it's like to go to bed hungry. I've never seen my mother beat on. I've wow. never seen a man come out of her bedroom. I never heard my mother say anything bad about my father. I ain't never heard my mama cuss nobody out. I ain't never even heard my mama gossip in all of my life. Wow. My 10-year-old big brother looks at me as kids and say, when I grow up, I'm going to kill somebody with so much anger. The boy had anger from the simple fact of not having a father. Well, wow. where does the anger come from? Wow. Here I am as a kid. Wow. I'm feeling abandoned because my father's not here. 
I'm feeling rejected. I'm feeling unloved. I'm feeling unwanted. I'm feeling neglected. Mama working. Mama can't process these feelings as a boy. Mm. So what ends up happening? Tupac says, when I get my weight up with my hate, I'm going to pay them back when I'm bigger. Hurt people hurt people. So as I begin to get older and mama licks stop hurting, guess what? Now I'm hurting. Y'all hear what he just said? When mama's licks stop hurting. Her words still hurt, but her words make me angry. But because now I'm acting out of anger, as every black boy with a gun, he's acting out of displaced anger. Every nigga he kicking and stomping is really toward his daddy and his mama. Every okay. woman that he's abused, he really yeah, mad at his mama. Now okay. he's, he's right on wait, that. Wait, 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 I, I got to jump in here because this is, this is very intriguing. Here is a tale of, of, of two tapes. I hated black men because my father was absent. That started with the preacher, the so, janitor. So, so, so it's, it's a similar story, though. See, my deal was different. To whereas I had the same type things almost. And my, my mama's certain things I would never say while my mother is still living, right? Mm. But I saw all those things that you didn't see. I saw them. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen my mom right. get beat. I told the people, son, I've never, I've, I didn't know, I've never, when I was growing up, I didn't know not one woman in my entire neighborhood who wouldn't get beat up by a man. Mm. For my mama, my aunts, my neighbor, for, I, I thought that was a norm. Right. Yet, I never in my life put my hands on a woman. Yeah. I got my first package put in my hand as a sophomore in, in, uh, in, in high school and got a really big opportunity to be a part of something, a, a line from Houston to Louisiana. But you know what happened, man? Even though that's all I saw, I saw some in me said, you know what? That ain't the play. And so I don't want to, so it's like, it's like for me, I think like the decision my brother said, I've always had integral points in my life where I had to make the decision. Do I take this package? Do I punch this woman in the face? Do I, and I say, that's just not what I want to try. And I have every excuse to. So, so how do we differentiate between two people, same and two diverse experiences, but we made different choices? It's intriguing now because we both kind of doing the same thing right. with different language. Right. Uh, those that's I, closest I, to the problem is closest to the solutions. Uh, y'all close to, we close to the problems. Those that's closest to the problems are closest to the solutions. I like that. Yeah, I like, I that. like that. I like that. But Lisa, so from a legal perspective, the DA, you've seen, and some, you sent to prison, right? Yep. Is that, the, is, and, and I believe, I believe in prison. But I'm not sure if prison is reformative. I got a friend right now. He's on his 34th year in prison at Angola State Penitentiary. That's a rough one. For a principal. He went either he was a robbery, he was out the shooter, but it, but Terry May shot the guy, and the DA said, We we we, we wanna kill, we we wanna want uh, a capital punishment on your boy. If you if you testify against him and say right. you saw it, you can go home. He right. said, he said, Well, I can't say that. It's like me killing the man because I, I ran off. Right. He said, if you don't testify against a man, both y'all get in life. I know and that's exactly what that. they did. I know 34 did years that. in prison was not the, not the trigger man. And for him, and he and I, we had communicated over the years, but he's saying these guys come in and they don't really have a plan when they get out. And so when you don't have a plan, so now we're talking about the whole reentry thing. My question to you is that the DA's office, do they take the psychology of prison in place, especially when it comes to young black men, because even the 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 the, the sentencing is lopsided. A black man gets more time than a white guy, three times as much from right here. Is that a true stat that the DA office look? Is, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that a true stat? I'm just saying that, from my perspective, in prosecuting people, right, 
always did things from a, I looked at it holistically, right? Okay. So it's situations where when I was, because uh, I was a police officer, and I saw a lot of bad things that police officers did. When Come they, on. When they beat people. And, I mean, I saw it first. They don't do that. Police um, officers actually beat look, people? It was time to, you know, I saw it. I you ever heard of that happening? Oh, yes, sir. I'll mess with him. I'll mess yes, with him. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. And, and so my thing was I always try to, you know, especially when prosecuting black uh, men, mm -hmm. you know, is he salvageable? Is, is he salvageable? something in him? And a lot of times it was just even just looking at the mama and the grandmama most of the time. Wow. Is it something? What what caused this person to turn to go down this particular road? So I would always look for alternatives to incarceration. Is there a program he can take? Batters intervention, anger control counseling, drug uh, programs. Wow. Something where I was not forced to send him to the penitentiary. So now, now, now this is intriguing because I've always asked the question, why do defense attorneys find themselves, or attorneys begging prosecutors to save someone's life? Um, is there is there a record that's keep that's kept for conviction rate? So as a DA, if your stock gonna go up, you need more convictions. So you don't get a reputation as a DA if you let people go on programs. You have well back in the day. I mean, the system has changed from when I first uh, became a prosecutor. It was like there was no alternatives to incarceration. Okay. Over time, hey, we have come you. up with these different pro diversion programs, is mm -hmm. what they're called. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for in, uh, alternatives because Texas was sending more people to the penitentiary than any other state. Are you from Texas originally? Yes, sir. Okay. In the mm -hmm. United States. And so we were overcrowding these prisons without giving alternatives. Wow. If a person gets that chance, an alternative to incarceration, and they successfully complete it, you know, that's life-changing. Wow. And then, but they don't. They want to go. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people just absolutely need to be in the penitentiary, period. Sure. I, I recommend it. Mm. I recommend prison for most black boys. Talk to me. I, re I, I think most black boys should go to prison. I think it's one of the best tools uh, of, of teaching. Uh, Is there a time frame in which you say uh, it's best for them to go to prison? Uh, I think every black, I recommend it for every black male that, that, that's caught up into the hip-hop culture that don't know what they want to do after high school. So if they don't know what they want to do after high school, they need to go to prison, and I promise you they'll be better men when they return home. Because I've seen nothing have produced better black men than America's prison system. Really? Yes, I've seen Dang. nothing produce more so, better so, black so, men. So you suggest the state pen over, over Penn State to teach, to teach young black boys? Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, because I see more black men go to college and do nothing with college, but I see them come out as better black men. From prison. I don't know about I, that one, Charles. Well, I, I, well, yeah. I, I've been Talk I, to well, I've been to college in both. I've been okay. to both. Well, I haven't been to prison, but mm -hmm. I, I have an organization that has 50 men who committed a murder when they were children, including myself. So I spent seven years of my life locked up on a murder in a boy's home. So right. all of my friends been to prison, and I'm telling you, they great men coming from prison. Yeah. So I'm an expert in crime and criminals, right? And so it's my qualitative knowledge based on my experiences that God uses prison to preserve black life. Other than that, they would die early. They would do something at 19 and 20 that would ensure that they get a life sentence. So God have to let this fool because he's not listening to his mother. He don't listen to his father. He don't go to church and he don't have a God. So every black Yo, boy I know man. met God in prison. Now, 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 some of that I do agree because with. Because all I think things prison, work for I, the good of I, those, I, right? Well, 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 say a word. I, I, I do agree that prison can preserve. 
because a lot of guys are on a crash course to young death until they went to prison. Now, now you're over there saying, I totally disagree with well, that. Well, you know, it, 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 um, I don't, I don't wish, I look, I went to the penitentiary twice. Yeah, I don't wish okay, prison on nobody. I don't wish prison <laughs> on nobody. Mm -hmm. um, I I look at, here's the deal. And, and then as far as the lifestyle, what he was saying was true, but that's not for everybody. I mean, my whole anger came from being raped and molested as a kid mm -hmm. and being um, beaten by a family that's supposed to be loving me. And the only memory I had of love was my grandmother. It's all destroyed. And it's to the point right mm -hmm. now that um, <clears throat> I'm at the age of 13. I'm shooting dope. I got a gun. And I refuse for anybody to lift a finger at me. I wouldn't care who you were. My anger grew from there to every day I blamed God for keeping me here. I was afraid to commit suicide because I really thought I would go to hell. So that was kept me here. But I was mm -hmm. angry at God. But every day, Pastor, every day I look forward to somebody killing me but to get I, so, me so, off so, of this. So, but let me, let me, let me so, explain it. So, I but that penitentiary, I'm the kid I've who seen so much happen sure. in the penitentiary from seeing people raped, laying in a puddle of blood, and watching a guard walk right by and not doing nothing. I've watched people get shanked. I've watched, so, I've watched, so, the, so the trauma... You say it can be life, can be life damaging. It can be but, life. But who okay. cares when these people have got victims who have life traumas? The people that he's saying this have happened to have caused yeah. trauma to these people That's out here. These point. same boys who I say should go to prison, mama's scared of them in the house. Mm -hmm. Twelve-year-olds kicking their grandmamas. See, this is a. Now, this I agree is, with that. So, so I this agree, is so so. He said so intriguing. So, so been, okay, everybody. Uh, I know this has been some fire stuff. We got to shut it down right now. So, um, but we'll be back with part two. Keep it going. That was good, wasn't it? Now that you know who my man is, go follow Doc on IG at Doc underscore Goins. I'll see y'all next Tuesday back on the block. Outro the first one? Outro the first? Okay. Okay, okay everybody. Uh, I know this has been some fire stuff. We got to shut it down right now. So um, but we'll be back with part two. Keep it going.